All right, welcome back. We're doing uh, some more of the Ravenloft Ironshorn solo game. Uh, when we last left our hero, Brigida had decided on getting away from the dining room where they had encountered at least something that looked like the Baron, though it didn't seem to be the Baron. She had restocked a little bit and then headed up a narrow winding stair stairway that led up to a door that they opened to encounter a really unusual and unexpected scene, which is exactly what the Oracle told us to do, asked of us. So, dusty scrolls and tomes line the walls of this room and are scattered across the floor. In the center of all of this clutter stands a huge accountant's desk. An old man slouches atop a tall stool, scratching a seemingly endless scroll of paper with a dry quill pen. A rope hangs next to the old man from a hole in the ceiling. Please, man begins, raising a finger, but not looking up. Please, 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 do not stand. He continues to write something down in the huge ledger in front, in front of him. Do not stand on the rug. It is uh, very old and very valuable. He looks up, setting his pen aside. And you seem to be covered in grime and gargoyle entrails. And he sniffs, rubbing at his nose. Now, I can't help but notice how close his upraised hand is from the bell rope hanging down from the ceiling. We shouldn't damage anything so expensive, he continues, his hand lowering to the desk as his eyes wander over the rug. Well, it was. Now it is probably mostly sentimental value. Who are you? He asks, rolling his R's like he has something to prove. I am Leif Leipzig, accountant to the Baron. Chief accountant? He pauses, seeming to consider this. Also only accountant? Hello. Hello. Again, who are you? It's not very important. Well, I am curious. And if my curiosity is not very important, and if your identity is not very important, I suppose my curiosity and your identity go together very well. I don't know what to say to that, so I don't say anything at all. Ismark coughs behind me. Leaf pats the air in front of him. I, I, I do not mean to pry. If you do not wish to tell me, it is fine. So what brings you to the castle of the Baron? Again, I give him stony silence. He seems to consider what he just asked and chuckles. Ah, I see, yes. I am a curious old man, habits. He gestures at me. It is only... It, it seems as though you've run into a bit of trouble. Not, uh... Entirely unexpected, I suppose. Here, he nods regretfully. I tend to stay in my own chambers. There are many unsavory uh, employees of the Baron out here, and you seem to be involved in, uh, uh, I think it is safe to say, without insulting you, uh, bloody business. Something in my face seems to give him pause. Oh, don't worry about me. I I'm harmless. I keep the books, but I am... No, I am no minion. His expression changes slightly. It becomes a bit darker. I am supposed to be keeping track of the Baron's riches and conquests and money, but he hides things from me. He keeps, he keeps. He doesn't let me know about all the treasures, so how can I keep track of all of these treasures? That does seem difficult. I deadpan, not sure what else to say. Leaf nods emphatically. He keeps them secret from his own accountant. I was... That... It's ridiculous! I get the sense that he's a little grumpy. Sure. 
one of the oldest living servants of the Baron, and he's not trusted with the one thing that he's supposed to be doing. Also, he might be a teensy bit senile. But Leaf is often muttering to himself, some treasures, ridiculous, he does not, he's insulting. I look around for some place to sit and spot a tall stool in the corner, and then shift that direction a bit. This draws his attention back to me. He squints at me. Do you need to uh, clean up? Some of that blood on you is red. It uh, seems to be yours. And he's right. Given a moment of quiet, my, my hurts gather themselves into a unified caucus and come clamoring for my attention. Okay, so we're going to do a little bit of work here. See if we can secure an advantage, do something here that will help out a little bit in this case. And you use this particular move. So my security advantage doesn't go very well, which is not great. Pay the price. It causes a delay or it puts you at a disadvantage. I can help, Irina murmurs, with a little bit of time. I nod, surprised, but happy with the offer. I, uh, may we make use of your room here for a short while? <sighs> Miss, causes a delay. Of course, of course. Leaf's smile crinkles around his eyes, but those eyes are hard and calculating like any good accountant. His hand reaches out and settles lightly on the bell rope. If you will do something for me. I feel Irina's hand tighten on my biceps as she stands behind me. I reach up and across, giving her fingers a squeeze of silent reassurance. At least that's what I hope. I think it's about time the girls form a bond. Ugh, and wonder of wonders... The dice actually agree with me. Whew. Okay. On a strong hit, make note of the bond. Mark a tick on your bond progress track on your character sheet. And you can choose one. Either take plus spirit or take plus two momentum. Uh, my spirit is maxed already, so I'm going to take the momentum. I pull myself up onto the tall stool standing in the corner, acting calm. If you don't mind talking while we see to this, Leaf blanches a little bit as I pull off my tunic, my over tunic, and begin working the chainmail shirt off, uh, but nods. Irina makes a noise at the cuts and bruises that made it through the armor. Ismark is nowhere to be seen at the moment, uh, and she pulls out a poultice and bandage materials out of my pack once I tell her where they are. So I'm rolling to heal myself with my own skills, so plus iron, since Irina isn't a full companion or anything, but I'm taking a plus one for having a bond with her, which, uh, whatever. I don't know if that's rules is written, but it feels right. Anyway, um, I think maybe I need to go back and look at the companion rules. There should be something with a companion where if they have whatever the companion specializes in is the thing that they give you a bonus on. Um, whatever. I gave myself a bonus. And, and ultimately, uh, it's probably not going to matter. Uh, it's, it's just going to be a plus one. So let's take a look at this move. We haven't used it before. All right. So, healing up. Uh, when you treat an injury or ailment, you roll plus wits. If you're mending your own wounds, you roll wits or you roll plus iron, whichever one happens to be lower. So, you, first of all, you have to know what you're doing. Secondly, you need to be tough enough to be able to, like, stitch yourself up. So, uh, whichever one is the worst is what you roll. On the strong hit, your care is helpful. If you or the ally under your care have the wounded condition, you can clear it, and then you can take or give, depending on whether you're healing yourself or healing somebody else up to two points of health on a weak hit it's the same thing but you either have to take minus one supply or minus one momentum your choice okay well, let's see what i get now the deal is with the weak hit which is what i got um you can take you can get up to two points of health brought back but you have to suffer minus one supply or minus one momentum per point of health that you get back i want to get two points of health back which means i need to take 
two momentum or two supply or something. I'm taking uh, a hit to momentum and a hit to supply, one of each. I'm not sure that's entirely legal. Uh, maybe I'm supposed to take it all from one source or the other or something, but it doesn't really say that in the book, so I'm fine. And it makes sense in the narrative because this whole process and leaf are slowing me down, minus momentum, and we're digging through the pack for supplies, so it hits my supplies, so whatever. The momentum is down and the supply is down because that's that's how the rules match the story. So that's what we're gonna do. Uh, you'll notice, incidentally, that uh, healing, you've gotta do it yourself. There's no mid-combat heals. Uh, like you would expect in in uh, something like D&D &D or anything like that. Uh, this is out of combat, after the fact, much more uh, low magic, definitely. Uh, but it is pretty substantial, considering that you only have five health. Being able to heal two, um, potentially three, depending on three or possibly more, depending on what kind of uh, assets that you've got. Um, help from other people, things like that. Um, you can, you, this isn't the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I got dinged a little bit, so I'm gonna do a heal and top myself off. You should be beat up when you do this. Uh, narratively speaking, you're not just patching yourself up. They're not, we're not stopping to watch, you know, spend camera time on somebody putting on a band-aid for, you know, one health hit. Um, this is a bigger deal. Bandage and some stitching and all that kind of good stuff. So anyway, just thematically speaking, it's a bigger deal, obviously, to heal in this game. Meanwhile, we got Leaf. There's a thing, an object, a treasure I wish to see. He waves his hands. Not have, you understand. Just just see, record, as, as the Baron's accountant. He has it, I am told, those words are a bit bitter, in a study, one floor up through the dining room, located off of the same stairs that you climbed to reach me. Go up the stairs through the dining room, find the study, bring it to me. I consider this. All right. Swear it to me, which I do. I'm not swearing it as an iron vowel because I'm kind of full up on my character sheet. And that's just what we're going to do. So that is uh, where, so what, <laughs> at this point I'm healed up. We have a kind of a job, an agreement to keep this old guy from sounding every alarm in the place. And Ismark is lurking somewhere out on the stairwell. So after our conversation with Leaf, Leap Siege, weirdo accountant. Uh, we set off up the stairs following Leaf's general directions, and I hit the dice to delve the depths. Okay, so this is interesting. Uh, got a seven on the delve the depths, so I find an opportunity, and according to the Oracle, find an opportunity, you encounter a denizen who might support you. That's a cool result. Um, I find an opportunity thing. Uh, a little bit confusing. I give it a bit of a ponder. Uh, and I check through the Oracle of the Ravenloft module. I think I've come up with something. Um, the compel that you see on here is going to be explained in just a, just a second. Hang tight. So we exit the stairwell at the next flight of stairs, head down a short hallway, and through a door of delicately etched metal embossing. Okay. Dust fills your lungs. The musty smell of death and decay swirls around you. Before you... A long table of polished oak lies beneath a blanket of dust. The rotting tablecloth lies tattered beneath china plates and stained silverware. In the center of the table, a large tiered cake leans heavily to one side. The once white frosting has turned green with age. Cobwebs drape like dusty lace down every side of it. A single doll figure of a well-dressed woman adorns the crest of the cake. A window in the south wall is draped with heavy curtains. The room's a bit of a mess, but what catches my eye is the movement on the far side of the table as someone gasps and hurries towards the doors 
to the north. So just to recap here, came up the spiral staircase, went through a short hallway and into creepy wedding reception room. Got the little rotten cake there. Very nice, all the place settings. And as we came in through this door here, um, somebody gasped and started moving over here, heading for this northern door. Stop, I call out, we're not here to hurt you. I mean, that's a guess, but I don't imagine I'm in a hurry to pulverize anyone whose first impulse is to gasp and run away from me. Gertruda? Irina says, squinting into the gloom. Is, is that you? It is. The daughter of the weeping Mad Mary from back in the village. A quick check of the oracle indicates Gertruda is largely oblivious to any danger to herself. She came here because she saw a castle in the distance and knew only good things about castles thanks to years of fairy stories <clears throat> and tales of heroic princes falling in love with simple village girls. She's been sheltered by her mother her entire life and is innocent and naive to the point of being a danger to herself and others. I am less than charmed by the idiot girl, but I try at least to make an effort to be civil. Gertruda, I say, you put a terrible fright and sadness into your mother. You need to go back home to the village now. So to review compel here, when you attempt to persuade someone to do something, envision your approach and role. If you are charming them, pacifying them, barter, convincing, roll heart, threaten or incite, you roll iron, lie or swindle, roll shadow. Now I'm going to, I'm trying for that compel, which I got another image here. Here we go. But I only manage a uh, weak hit, which means that she wants something in return from me. In short, she's got enough sense to realize that she might not have done the safest or the smartest thing. And she sees a big armored free warden sitting in front of her. Y you have to take me home. She says, sniffling, you have to protect me. She's not right, strictly speaking, but she's not wrong either. Damn it. So, yes, fine. But we need to check out the room the accountant told us about. So uh, I'm going to do one more delve the depths move. And, well, that's pretty good. Again, I choose to find some useful item, the thing the accountant told us about. Uh, that's I get to choose from the oracle table, so that's what I'm going to go with. And so according to the module and the oracle, um, I'm going north through the room the way the accountant told me to go and I come into the study. Let's take a look at the study. And this will be interesting because uh, rather than using screenshots, this is actually me using Roll20 now for the first time. We're getting up closer to where I can actually just start using Roll20 and start showing some of this information. So again, we're coming down from this uh, room here at the bottom and up into this study. So according to the module, the big item here is the holy symbol of the Kolyana family uh, lying on a table in, you know, lying on a table in the middle of the study. Now let's describe this thing. So a blazing hearth uh, fills the room with rolling waves of red and amber light. The walls are lined with ancient books and tomes, Their leather covers well oiled and preserved through careful use. Everything is in order here. The stone floor is hidden beneath a luxurious rug of deep patterned weave. A large, low table sits in the center of the room, waxed and polished to a mirrored finish. Even the poker next to the blazing fireplace is polished. Large, overstuffed divans and couches stand in order around the room, not pictured here. Two luxurious chairs face the hearth. Also, because the uh, holy symbol of the Burgomaster is here, I've decided the spirit 
of the Burgomaster is here as well, having found its way here after trotting the road from the graveyard. But he's not looking at the holy symbol, he's looking at the picture on the wall. A huge painting hangs over the mantelpiece in a heavy gilded frame. The rolling light of the fire illuminates the carefully rendered painting. It is an exact likeness of the Burgomaster's daughter, Irina Koliana. Though the painting is obviously centuries old, the likeness is a mistake. Another bit of the delve opportunity move means that I get to immediately make a follow-up move with a bonus and get momentum if I get a hit. So I reflect on the spirit of the Burgomaster being present and the picture that looks just like Irina and decide that this freaks Irina out. She doubts everything and I need to talk her down by testing our bond. When your bond is tested through conflict, betrayal, or circumstance, roll plus heart. On a strong hit, this test has strengthened your bond, choose one. On a weak hit, your bond is fragile and you have to prove your loyalty. On a miss, things go badly. So let's find out. Well, that's lovely. Okay, so that's two more momentum, and I'm counting this as progress on putting the Burgomaster's spirit to rest. He sees that Irina has a loyal friend and an ally, and that's hopefully enough progress, so let's see if I can't wrap up that quest right now. Again, to do this, what I'm doing is I test, there's a, there's a conclude thing for concluding a vow, and I basically roll the two challenge dice against the progress that I have made toward completing the vow. In this case, my current progress is seven. So, put the Burgomaster Spirit to rest. I had seven progress. Double ones on the challenge dice, which is sweet. Um, that's actually really, really good because it's a match. So, um, some nice stuff happens there. The Burgomaster sees his daughter, sees how distraught she is, and sees her comforted by a friend. His soul finds peace, knowing that his children are not alone in the dark world that he's left. I'm keeping this uh, opportunity that this affords me simple. I'm going to use the XP that I get from finishing this quest to immediately pick up a new aspect on one of my assets or pick up a new asset right now instead of kind of waiting until I have some downtime. Given what's going on right now, I am going to make Ismark a kindred asset, essentially a sidekick, um, for the same reasons that I had for finishing the vow and putting the Burgomaster spirit to rest. So. A comforting Irina, Burgomaster Spirit goes rest, Ismark sees this, the bond strengthens, and he becomes essentially like a, a, a man-at-arms servant to me. I've got him written up. And now, thanks to Gertruda, it's time to get the hell out of here, so I'm going to escape the depth, which is another move from Delve, for getting out of a, a, a Delve. This isn't a great move to use, um, generally speaking, generally speaking, especially on the big delves. And once you're in, you kind of want to stick in until, I didn't really realize this at the time, but um, Gertruda's complication sort of pushed me on this one. And uh, having scouted through things here a little bit, I wanted to get back out. I didn't realize what an incredible pain in the ass uh, it would eventually cause me on Escape the Depths because it, it resets some of my progress and a whole bunch of other nonsense, but Whatever, we're just going to go with that. So now, thanks to Gertruda, got to get the hell out of here. Going to escape the depths. Here's the move. So let's take a look at this. All right. When you flee or withdraw from a site, I'm going to call it withdraw. I'm not fleeing. Uh, consider the situation and your approach. If you find the fastest way out, roll plus edge. If you steel yourself against the horrors of this place, roll heart. If you fight your way out, roll iron. If you retrace your steps or locate an alternate path, roll wits. 
and if you keep out of sight, roll shadow. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. On a strong hit, you make your way safely out of the site. Take plus one momentum. On a weak hit, you find your way out, but this place exacts a price. Choose one. So uh, we'll come back to that one. Let's find out how we actually rolled first. Okay, super. So that's a, that's a weak hit. Let's take a look and see what we got. All right, so on a weak hit, you find your way out, but this place exacts a price. You can choose one. You're weary or wounded, endure harm. Your experience leaves you shaken, endure stress. You're delayed and it costs you. You leave behind something important. You face a new complication as you emerge from the depth. Uh, denizen plots their revenge. Okay, weak hit. My dice kind of hate me. Fine, I'm going to go with a denizen plots their revenge and make plans for some kind of retribution that's going to be sent out after me as soon as the dice offer any kind of opening for shenanigans uh, while I'm back at the village. Or not. I mean, really, it should happen regardless of whether or not I roll poorly. That, that's going to be coming. But um, a denizen plots their revenge is not immediately active. They don't immediately leap to it. So a denizen is playing. They're aware of me. I can sort of keep in my mind that the NPCs are going to be keeping an eye on me and attack at the worst possible moment. So we're going to retrace our steps, stopping at Leap Siege. So we're going to go... I mean, this doesn't really matter. And this is an important thing to recall here is... I'm not staying strictly to the map and I'm not paying attention to every single thing that's on the map because I am using Iron Sworn to determine what comes. So if, if this particular little alcove over here is supposed to have a couple of specters in it that I am supposed to fight, but I don't have any of that kind of thing happening, then they're not there right now. Whatever. If later on some indication that I'm supposed to get mugged somewhere in this area comes along, uh, then I'm going to use them, for example. So anyway, um, back out into the weird wedding dining room. Um, back along the thing, uh, back along the stairwell here. Back down the stairwell. Take a look at Leaf's room. Back to Leaf's little chamber of secrets here. Uh, <clears throat> we uh, stop at Leaf's long enough to let him gawk at the holy symbol of Barovia, but he gets uh, more than a little bit miffed that I'm not going to leave it with him. Which, I mean, I don't know what the blazes he expected. He got to see it. Call it good. Um, I mean, <laughs> we're not even leaving it for the Baron. So we hurry down to the main floor. And we make our way quickly to the chapel, eyeing the gargoyles in the main entry more than a little warily. And with one last look at Reinhardt laying there in the chapel. I really need to get his body out of here, but not this time. Not yet. And then we are back out into the courtyard and slipping through the dark and the drizzle. It is a miserable slog back down the road, but we don't stop until we reach the village and the church. Now, that's what I did in the game because I made the delve thing. I actually screwed up. And I don't know if anybody will catch this, but um, there is very clearly in the when I the way things went in the dinner with the Baron in our last video, um, a bunch of doors slammed throughout the castle, and you can hear the drawbridge going up. I forgot that that happened, so uh, we just left. So we're not gonna. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. I think I'm just gonna leave that there as a weird uh, thing that is thus far unexplained. But for whatever reason, the drawbridge was down and we were able to get out because I didn't make a big deal of it. I didn't roll it or anything like that. So that's where we are. We're back at the village. The next session that I do, we're going to talk about being back in the village and wrapping up some, some quests and all that kind of stuff and um, talk about what's next.